This is the Connection Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. I was wondering when that other guy was going to go off the stage so I could start. Sheesh. How's everybody doing? I say all that in love. In case you're new, like, that's my dad. We have fun. It's okay to have fun in church, right? We're going to have some fun today. Um, I want to talk uh, about the Christmas story. We've been in this series called Seeking a Savior. Uh, I preached a message at Elevate, which is our student ministry, uh, last Sunday, and uh, Dad heard it, and he said, hey, do you want to preach that message on Sunday? Because that's going to fit right into what we're talking about. And I said, Sure. Um, and so that's what you're going to hear today. Um, and, and I believe that it's a message that is going to speak to many of you. Um, and, and you're going to get a lot out of this and, and be set free from things that have been happening in your life. And you're going to see them in a different way after today's message. Um, we're calling this one Christmas Expectation. And a lot of things can happen depending on what you're expecting them to turn out to be, correct? You go into some place with an attitude of, this is going to be horrible, it's probably going to end up that way. You go into a place, this is going to be awesome, I can't wait for this to happen, you're probably going to come away from that experience with that thought in mind. And so what I want to do today is, is look at the Christmas story. I'm going to go back and forth from Luke and Matthew, which is where we find the story. I'm going to be mostly in Matthew and, and kind of overview Luke because we'll be looking at that later. Um, but I, I need to set the stage a little bit in Luke chapter 1. So have, have your notebooks out. Take notes. Pull out the app. Your, your students are doing it up here. If you can see a picture, I wish I had a camera right here. We'll put them up. Like, they already have their notebooks, and most of them are filled up, and they need to get a new one for next year because of how much they write into that stuff. Uh, so pull out your notebooks. You have to write this stuff down because I guarantee you you're not going to remember it when we walk out, and you need to remember this stuff. Luke 1 starts with Mary having an interaction with an angel. Mary's just going about her business, and then all of a sudden there's this angel in front of her and says, Mary, you who are highly favored, I have this message for you. And, and, and this angel says, you are going to give birth to a son, and, and you're going to call him Jesus. And this angel explains who Jesus is to her, explains that he's going to be a king and that he's going to set people free and that he's going to do all of these things. And Mary asks, how is this going to happen? And so he explains how all of this is going to happen. And at the very end of this interaction, if you highlight in your Bibles, if you circle in your Bibles, if, or, or on your app, or whatever, highlight verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Turn to the person next to you and say, for no word from God will ever fail. This is interactive. We're already we're prepping for Wednesday. So... For no word from God will ever fail. Highlight it, circle it, whatever you need to do to remember it. And then 
her response to that is, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And she leaves that. You ever have a word or somebody say something over you and, and maybe it's prophetic or, or something like that, and you're like, that was awesome. I love that. I can't wait for that word to be fulfilled. And then you step back for a second and you're like, how's that going to happen? And, and Mary, in this instance, she's saying, how am I going to explain this one? You, you know what I'm saying? Here's the point for today, and it'll hopefully make sense at the end when we're all done, is focus on God's plan, not the devil's present. Focus on God's plan, not the devil's present. There it is. Maple donuts. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've had a donut, but maple donuts are the best donuts, hands down. Changed my mind. I mean, it's, it's nice on the outside, fluffy on the inside. You can eat them hot, you can eat them cold, you can eat them roasted over a fire. It, you can get the day-olds, and they're still good. And when you walk into this place, the people, <laughs> the people behind the counter, they're just, hey, welcome to Maple Donuts. What can I get for you? And you're like, I'm going to need a minute because look at what's behind you. <laughs> and you take your time, and you do all this stuff, and, and they're coffee. Come on. When... I can't remember if we were still dating or if we were first married or, or whatever. I think is when we were dating early on when I was meeting Megan's parents. One of the first few times we, we went down to her house, her family's house, and they started talking about these donuts. And, and they started talking about this place, some of you may have heard it, called Crumpies in this place in Hagerstown, Maryland. Crumpies Donuts. They, they spell the name, I didn't know this at the time, but they spell it Crumpies, and they spell it D-O-N-U-T-S, do nuts. And so they're going on and on about Crumpies Donuts and how this is the greatest donut in the world and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, you didn't have maple and, and, and all of this stuff. And this is the second, third maybe time that I've met these people and, you know, trying to impress and whatever. It worked. <laughs> and, and so they're going on and then we go out to get them but normally when I go for a donut it's usually in the morning this place is only open from 7pm to 2am like red flag number one <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm driving in this car with people that I'm trying to impress and haven't known for very long and we're turning, 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 turning. We turn into this alleyway. Those of you that have been here, you know what I'm talking about. We turn into this alleyway. Like, there is no way there is a donut shop in this place that we're at. And there's cars parked however they can fit into this alleyway. 
There's no organization at all, so I'm already freaking out. I'm looking at my phone, think, hoping I have enough battery just in case I need to you know, call somebody. <laughs> and, and so we're in this place, and then there is a huge line of people that we are driving by. You know, there's like burn barrel over here and four guys over here singing show tunes. And like, what is happening in this alleyway? And they're like, okay, we're here. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. And so we get out and we stand in this ridiculously long line. And I'm like, is this for real for a donut? Like, I'm walking in, these nice ladies behind the counter saying, what can I get for you? Take your time, blah, 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 blah. We're waiting in line for a long time. And, and then we finally get in. And you remember that show, Seinfeld? You remember the soup Nazi? <laughs> and you walk into this place, and that is exactly, it's like, you walk in. I'd like a glazed donut, please. I wanted sprinkles on that. No donut for you. Like, you know what I'm talking Like, that's what it is when you walk into this place, and you're just walking in, and, and you get your stuff, and then you leave out the side door. It is so sketchy, and it is, it is not what I expected to get a donut. It still wasn't as good as maple, but it was okay. What happens when your expectations don't line up with what, happens in reality. And, and for Mary and Joseph and this whole story that we look at every single year and that we, we, we try to understand more and more about what's happening, the more it doesn't make sense of what is going on. And, and in Matthew chapter 1, Joseph gets his experience of here's what's going to happen. Because it says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. So they're expecting to get married. We're expecting a wedding. So we're having the cake testing and, and you know, what are we going to wear? Who are we going to invite? All of this stuff. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now we're expecting a child. This is not the way things are supposed to be going on. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace because he's a decent guy, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So we're expecting a wedding, then we're expecting a child, and now we're expecting a divorce. What is, th this story makes zero sense. And so after Joseph had decided all of what he was going to do, he's going to be faithful to the law, he has to do what the law says, and, and he's going to do all this. He's, he decides, I'm going to divorce her, but I'm not going to mess her up for the rest of her life. And, and an angel comes and, and says, look, Joseph, I know this is weird, I know this is out of the box, I know this isn't what you were expecting, but this is what is going to happen, and you are going to be part of a journey that is going to change the world. And, and in verse 22, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Jesus woke up from this dream and this interaction with the angel, and he said, Okay, this is what's going to happen. And, and, and I think when Mary 
and Joseph had the conversation together after this dream that Joseph had. Mary went back to the word that the angel told her where he said, for no word from God will ever fail. Because there are times when you're going to get a word spoken over you, spoken to you, that you have to fall back on and that you have to remember when you go through the different things that you're going to go through. And Mary is falling back on this word. Man, this is actually probably going to work. And this might be God because he told me that no word from him is ever going to fail. And so she's remembering this over and over. And so in Luke 2 is where we pick up this story if we're going in order. And, and we know that we have to go to Bethlehem for the census and be counted. And Joseph has to go there because that's where he's from. And so they travel, they go up there, and it's time for the baby to be born. There, there's nowhere for them to go, so they go into a manger. Like, you would think that, that uh, like, God told Mary, he told Joseph, he's about to tell some shepherds, he, he's telling some magi, but he didn't book an Airbnb <laughs> when they got to Bethlehem. Why? Because sometimes things aren't going to look the way you expect them to look. Just because you have a word doesn't mean it's going to be all rainbows and unicorns getting to that destination. And so they're in the manger, they're, they're, the baby's born, Jesus is wrapped, he's laid in the manger, and then this angel comes to this field of shepherds that's nearby, and he says, hey, there's a baby in Bethlehem, you need to go see him. This is going to be the sign. This is who he is. And they explain that this is Jesus. He's going to save the world. He's going to be king. You have to go see this. And there's, you know, several shepherds there. And, and this angel is talking to them. And then all of a sudden, like thousands of angels come around. And they like have this amazing concert of worship. And they're just all together in this field. And the shepherds are like, did you just see that? Did you just see what I saw and did you hear what I heard? Like, we have to now go see this baby and tell them what they just told us. And so they go to the manger, they find Jesus, um, and, and they say, here's what these angels told us. And, and everybody's like in wonder and amazement, and Mary's just pondering all of this stuff in her heart. And she's falling back on this word of, no word from God will ever fail. I wasn't expecting to give birth in a manger. I wasn't expecting to be surrounded by cows when this happened. I wasn't expecting to do this. I wasn't expecting to go that way. But I know that no word from God will ever fail. And all of this happens. And then we go back to Matthew 2. And this is where... Here's, here's some spoilers for you. When you set up your manger scene, the three wise guys that you put out there, they probably weren't at the scene. Because from Luke 2, remember we're going in order, from Luke 2 to Matthew 2, so when the shepherds go and see Jesus in the manger, to when the, the wise men, the magi come, was probably about a year and a half to two years somewhere in there apart. And in Matthew 1, or Matthew 2, verse 1, it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judah, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, 
Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, they were disturbed and all Jerusalem with them. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was, born, was to be born. Verse 5, in Bethlehem in Judah, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Ju- uh, Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Now this is just ridiculous. These magi, some people will call them wise men, some think they were kings, not sure about that, but they were definitely stargazers. And, and they were doing their job, and they were watching the stars, and they were believing the Lord, they knew the scriptures, and then all of a sudden, as they're doing their job, they realize, wait a second, this star was never recorded. This, this is different. This is something that we might need to pay attention to. And they drop everything, and they travel probably 18 months, maybe two years, and follow this star because they noticed that it was moving. Think about this for a second. You're doing your job, stargazing. There's a new one, and now it's moving, and you drop everything and follow it. And they're traveling a long distance. They have to be meeting people. And when you meet somebody, they're like, hey, bro, what are you doing? Oh, we're following the star that's moving. Oh. What are you guys vaping? (laughs) Frankincense, man? Think about about how weird that is. When, When you see a sign from God, when you hear a word from God, when you hear like you're supposed to go and do something, that's a little strange sometimes. I heard a story of a woman who, she was following her star, if you will. She had a word from God that said, I'm supposed to go into this convenience store that she had just walked past, and I'm supposed to face the, the cashier person and do a handstand. What? And so she walks in. She, there's other people buying stuff, and so she's like, oh, gosh. She just goes in the back, pretends like she's going to shop for stuff. This is a true story that I heard. And, and finally, other people leave, and, and she just walks up to the, the desk and does a handstand. And the, 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 the guy behind the, the register just starts sobbing. And she didn't know why. And, and he said, this morning, I said, God, I need to know that you're real. And if you're real, I need you to send somebody into my store and you need to have them do a handstand in front of me or else I can't, I, I just don't get it. Her star was very strange. What happens when you follow your star? You change lives. 
What, what happens when you don't care about your reputation of what other people are going to think because you have a word from God, because you have a sign from God that you are supposed to go and do this thing, go and talk to that person, go and spread this in your workplace, go wherever it is. You change lives when you obey the star, when you follow your star, when, when, when you do what God is asking you to do. And these magi, they are going and they're following the star because they know that this is his star. They know this because they studied the scriptures and they know this and they know that no word from God is ever going to fail. Then Herod, verse 7, called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And we know that's not what his plan was. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they're at a house now, which means they're not at the stable, the manger anymore. This is different, a different scene from what we set up in our nativities. They saw the child with his mother and they bowed down and worshiped him. I think they, that they were overjoyed not only because they uh, got to their destination, but they were overjoyed because we weren't crazy. He's actually here. It's okay to have that feeling when you fulfill the word that God has asked you to do. And, and so they, they come and they open their treasures and present him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. What is, what is all this? Here's the point. Write this one down. Expect God to speak to you where you are. Expect God to speak to you where you are. It doesn't matter where you work. It doesn't matter what school you go to. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. God can speak to you. These guys were stargazers. So what did he do? What did he do? I'm going to send you a star. Uh, you, you work at McDonald's. He can send angels to McDonald's. You fry a burger. Oh, it looks like Jesus. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Burger King, he's king of kings. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Stay for a second one, I won't do it again. You get what I'm saying? If you expect God to speak to you where you are, he will speak to you where you are. It doesn't matter what you do. You don't have to do anything fancy. You don't have to. Just do your job and expect him to be with you in your job. Expect him to be with you in your family. Expect him to be with you as you go. And watch what he can do. Now here's, uh, I want to make a, a different point as we continue. Uh, because Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament by four different prophets to be from four different places. Now, how do we make this work? 
God will move you around. And he will put you in different places, and you will be called out from those places. And, and we've already heard the first one. Out of Bethlehem will be this king, and, and this king will rule over my people. So we know that Jesus, the Savior, is going to come from Bethlehem because one of the prophets already said it. You remember that one. We just said it a few minutes ago. In verse 13, it says, When they had gone, talking about the Magi, they're going a different way. They're not talking to Herod. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Remember, if you don't think God can speak to you at your workplace or, or the thing that you're doing, we all sleep. He can speak to you while you're sleeping, and he will speak to you while you're sleeping as you're dreaming. If you haven't gotten a dream recently, before you go to bed tonight, say, hey, God, send me some dreams tonight and let me remember them in the morning. And, and I guarantee you he's going to speak to you and, and give you visions and, and things of of words that he's going to promise you because he can speak to us all the time. This angel in this dream says, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet out of Egypt I called my son. So we have Bethlehem and we have Egypt now. Um, I'm thinking if this is the savior of the world, uh, it's a big responsibility. You know, this is probably what Joseph is thinking. Uh, I was thinking of divorcing, but you told me this is going to be all right and, and people aren't going to be too whatever about it. Um, but now people are trying to kill us. This is not what I was expecting to happen. This is not what you told me or what I thought was going to come because we were taking care of, you know, the Savior of the world. I think that Herod was kind of close to finding Jesus because he gets up in the middle of the night and leaves right away. And, and you could imagine how scary that might be. You don't have your bags packed yet, you, and so you're freaking out, but you have this word that this child is going to save the world. So on one hand, you're freaking out, but on the other hand, you're like, for no word, what am I supposed to do? And so they move to this place. Verse 19, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph, so he's speaking in dreams again, in Egypt. He said, get up, take the child and his mother, go back to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard uh, that Archie was reigning in Ju Judea, in, places of, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And when he went and lived in a town called Nazareth, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. So he's supposed to be from Bethlehem. He's supposed to be out of Egypt. He's supposed to be from Nazareth. And, and the fourth one is in chapter 4. We're not going to read it. Uh, but he's supposed to be from Galilee. And so he gets there and uh, that prophecy is also fulfilled. Remember what our point was for today. Focus on God's plan, not the devil's present. What, what the devil is doing in this moment 
we can easily forget that no word from God will ever fail because we're being you know, chased by these people. People are trying to kill us. We're going through this situation. We're going through that situation. It's just one thing after another after another. God, what are you doing to me? Why are you taking me to this sketchy alley place for a donut that doesn't look like I'm supposed to get a donut here? And, and we can get caught up in that. But if we focus on God's plan and change our perspective and change our thinking, then we can understand that there is something else going on here. If we focus on what the devil is doing, we're going to completely miss what God is doing, who is already three steps ahead. Amen. You understand this? It's easily forgotten, but we have to remember this. It looks like Jesus is being moved from place to place because of danger, and that's true, but it's fulfilling what God had said, and what God says will never fail. You may think tragedy, tragedy has redirected your life, but God is setting you up because you might have a word over your life. You might have this prophetic thing over your life, and God is putting you in places and sending you to places so that you can be equipped for the ministry that he has for you wherever you go. What if we don't give credit to the devil for what's happening in our lives, but take this higher perspective and, and look from a higher vantage point of, yeah, devil, it looks like you're doing this. It, it looks like you're in charge here or you have this plan, which he does. He has a plan to make your life hell, but, but God can use those plans and turn them against him, and he will every time. I'm trusting, God, that you are in control, even though it doesn't look like things are going the way I thought they were going to. And an interesting thing, this isn't going to be on the screen or anything, but when, when Jesus was baptized, it says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This doesn't make sense. Why, why would the Spirit lead Jesus to this place to be tempted? It's not because the Lord wanted Jesus to be destroyed by the devil. It's because the Lord wanted Jesus to defeat the devil at his own game. And so when we start to see things of, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Why, do I, why is all of this Maybe it's because you are going to come out of this stronger and wiser and able to help others go through a similar situation because when you have personal victory in a situation, then you will have a public ministry in a situation. If you've been through a divorce... And, and you got through it, how much more are you going to be able to help somebody else going through the same situation later on? When, when, when you've uh, had an addiction and you've defeated that addiction, how much more are you going to be able to help somebody else going through a similar situation? Because you have personal victory over that thing, now you can have a public ministry over that thing. 
when, when you've overcome and you've defeated pride and arrogance and, and you've been humbled and, and now you understand this and you've defeated that, how much more can you help somebody else going through something else similar to that? You understand how this works. You have to go what you went through so that you can help others get through what they're going through. So as you walk and as you're on this journey and as you see things, look higher. Look broader. Saying, God, what are you doing in this? Not devil, why are you doing this to me? God, how are you making me stronger in this thing? God, what is it that I'm supposed to learn in this situation that I'm in right now, in this season that I'm in right now? God, you told me that this baby was the savior of the world. Why does it seem like everybody's out to get me now? And God's saying, because I had to get you to this place and to this place and to this place and to this place. I had to put you through this and to this and to this so that you would be made stronger, so that you would be able to be used publicly for others. If the devil knew what was actually happening on the cross when Jesus was being put up there, he would have stopped the whole thing. He would have destroyed everybody in that moment if he would have known what was to come. Because while the devil was partying for a few days, Jesus walks up to the party and he says, Oh, buddy, if you only knew why I had to go through what I went through. You thought you won. You guys are partying now. But look what I got. And he dangles the keys in front of his face and he says, you thought you were in control. You thought you had the plan, but I was already three steps ahead. I already had in mind what I was going to do with this. He already has in mind what he's going to do with you. We have to understand, and we have to change our perspective, and we have to change our thoughts of, God, you are in control. I know it doesn't look like it right now, but I'm submitting myself to your plan. What is it that you are teaching me today? Why did God choose Mary and Joseph to be responsible for Jesus? He knew that no matter what they had to go through, they were going to fall back on the word that Mary got from that angel. For no word from God will ever fail. Did you highlight that one yet? For no word from God will ever fail. I have one last thing. I don't think this is on the screen either. And You can play some music if you want. It'll sound more holy. But in Romans chapter 8, because here's, I told you, it makes it more holy. 
chapter 8 of Romans, verse 28. Because there's somebody in here. Because I got a word this week. And your word is chain breaker. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We are all part of a purpose. Whether you know it yet or not, you have been called to a purpose. And the word chain breaker means a lot to me. Not because I had to break so many chains, but because of the chains that were broken before me. My dad is a chain breaker. My mom is a chain breaker. And because they broke chains, I get to live much more free. So hear me when I say this, whoever this is for. You're a chain breaker, not for yourself alone, but for your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids. So you're going through what you're going through because you'll be set free, but you're breaking off the chains for a legacy. So you have to keep fighting. You have to keep trusting. You have to keep falling back on the word that no word from God is ever going to fail. You are part of a bigger purpose. You are part of a plan that God has. And you think that you're going this way and it's a roadblock, but it's actually there to make you stronger. And it's there so that you can break that chain that has been tying you up and keeping you in bondage. If you keep reading... In Romans chapter 8, it says, What then shall we say in response to all of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. And further down it says, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He sent his son, to do what he did. The devil had a plan, and it didn't work. The devil has a plan for your life. You have the authority to decide if it's going to work or not. You have the power and the keys to decide, yeah, devil, you win, or nope, my God is bigger. I know that he has a plan. I know that you're attacking me right now. I know that it feels like I'm going through hell right now, but I know that there is a purpose and there's a reason why I'm in this place right now. And I'm going to break these chains and I'm going to build a legacy for my family. Would you stand with me? It's scary sometimes to get a word spoken over your life. How am I going to explain this one? I'm supposed to get married. 
when I'm not going to be able to hide this bump forever. What is it going to look like if I do what I'm called to do? What is it going to look like if I actually walk up to that person? What's it going to look like if you don't? Let's just pray right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible story, this, this miracle of a story that is impossible without you. God, I pray right now for, for everybody in this place that, that the, the clarity of our vision and our purpose would just remove the fog Help us to understand where we're to step next. And God, I pray right now for extra grace and courage and boldness and strength for the chain breaker in here. For we know that with us, we can start a legacy. It's not for us alone, but it's for our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that you're bringing in this place. We thank you for, for not sparing your own son, but for sending him so that we could live with you. Lord, we thank you that you love us and we love you back for it. Lord, I pray that we walk out of this place knowing that we are more than conquerors. Knowing that we have the authority over the devil knowing that no plan of his will ever work because you are already three steps ahead. And we know that no word from you will ever fail. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a great Sunday, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.